0: On the toss-up's ninth episode, Texas and the Supreme Court, voting rights and congressional melodrama. Welcome, the toss-up will come to order for the session of November 5th, 2021. I'm today's speaker, Precious, Singh, and welcome to the Apolitical Politics Podcast for people who really hate politics podcast. As the chair, I now recognize the Texas legislature, who is also me. Thank you, Madam Speaker. Election Day was November 2nd, and we hope you all went out and voted if you were eligible. While we still don't have any information on the outcome of the election...
1: Yes, we do. Post-recording, every constitutional amendment passed by a margin of at least 58%.
0: We do have information about another issue I'm sure we all agree on. Abortion. That's right. On Monday, the Supreme Court of the United States heard two arguments regarding SBA, a.k.a. the heartbeat bill. Two separate parties have sued the state of Texas over the bill...
1: Apologies for another post-recording interjection. The heartbeat bill SB-8 is actually the heartbeat law in this case. It's a very slight misnomer and it's only significant because the court system is not allowed to review things that have not been passed into the law. That's the only reason that the specific terminology makes any difference there. Back to preacher
0: Abortion providers and the Department of Justice. Abortion providers ask the court to allow a district court to move forward after an appeals court banned them from doing so. Based on the questions the judges asked during the arguments, it seemed that the justices were open to ruling in favor of abortion of the abortion providers, but less so to ruling in favor of the Department of Justice. In more court drama on November 4th, the DOJ sued the state of Texas over a law enacted at the end of the second session in September that restricts mail-in voting. Just a quick reminder, this law bans officials from sending unsolicited mail uh, officials from sending unsolicited mail-in ballot application. It also applications. It also adds new identification requirements for mail-in voting, prohibits drive-through and 24-hour voting locations, limits early voting, and restricts who can help voters requiring assistance because of disabilities or language barriers. The Justice Department uh, complaint alleges that Texas law improperly restricts disabled voters or voters who cannot read or write from being able to receive adequate assistance at voting locations. Abbott responded to to this lawsuit in a tweet saying, start quote, bring it, the Texas election integrity law is legal. It increases, in all caps, hours to vote. It does not restrict illegal mail ballot voting. Only those who qualify can vote by mail. It also makes ballot harvesting a felony. In Texas, it is easier to vote, but harder to cheat, end quote. It remains to be seen how this lawsuit will play out, and we'll keep on covering it as the time progresses. Back to you, Madam Speaker. Thank you, uh, for Texas Legislature. Now the chair recognizes the House of Representatives.
1: Thank you, Madam Speaker. And let's check in with the House, which is so much fun I can't even tell you. The American Jobs Plan is now officially halfway there, and the other half is living on a prayer. The House passed the Bipartisan Infrastructure Bill on a nominally bipartisan basis of 228 eyes to 206 no's. A total of 19 representatives voted against their party's whip, including six far-left Democrats, all women of color, who continued to stick with the idea that the two parts must be passed together, to the fury of basically everyone else, and 13 Republicans who, who were either central to the creation of the bill itself or prioritize the infrastructure benefits the new law will provide over partisan opposition to president biden's agenda to the fury of far-right republicans and minority leader kevin mccarthy no texas reps voted against their party Amid backlog on the other half, however, President Biden revealed an entirely new version of his reconciliation package, this time calling it the Build Back Better Framework. And it's not really an entirely new version. It's basically just a unified version of the original bill that tries to compromise on everything liberal and moderate Democrats disagree on. And it did not work. Senator Joe Manchin is still not supporting it, calling for more research into potential effects from the Congressional Budget Office and the House Progressive Caucus was planning on still not allowing the bipartisan bill to pass on its own, but they have surrendered their bargaining chip on that one to get the bipartisan infrastructure bill done. This deadlock on the environmental provisions of the reconciliation bill is very damaging to the U.S.'s perception at the International Climate Change Conference that's still going on in the rolling hills of Scotland. And I'm Scottish, so I can say that. Additionally, since we didn't talk about it last week, the House, in its entire session, voted to accept the January 6th committee's request to hold Steve Bannon in criminal contempt of Congress. The charge is now in the hands of the Department of Justice, and it remains to be seen just how far the January 6th committee is willing to go to get its answers on its subpoenas. In other various things, there were three special elections for House seats this week. In Ohio, a Democratic and a Republican victory on Tuesday kept the House balance even, although three more special elections are scheduled for January 5th, favoring the GOP, according to the results from the Virginia gubernatorial election that you're already aware of, I'm very sure. Additionally, on the next episode of Representatives Behaving Badly, by this time we kind of need a theme song for this, Jim Banks of Indiana, who had been appointed by Kevin McCarthy as ranking member of the January 6th committee but had been rejected in favor of Liz Cheney by Speaker Pelosi for ideological reasons mainly has been sending letters to government departments asking for access to the same documents handed over to the select committee, trying to act as a member of the committee, and going so far as to sign the letters as the ranking member, which would be punishable with three three years in prison for impersonating a member of Congress, Ms. Cheney, if he were charged and if banks were not legally immune as a member of Congress. Plus, Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene has now amassed over $48,000 in fines for refusing to wear a mask on the House floor.
0: Wow. Now, looking at the committees that met in the House this week, let's start with Tuesday, November 2nd. The big news is that the House Financial Services Committee had a hearing in regards to the Truth in Lending Act. The hearing was by the Task Force on Financial Technology about transparent practices by overdraft coverage programs in financial institutions. So overdraft coverage is a service a bank may offer where a debit card and ATM transactions may process even if there's not enough funds in your account or any checking account that you own to cover the amount that you're taking out. The bank basically covers this amount until you repay it and then it will charge you an overdraft fee for it. The hearing served as a purpose to discuss many things, including how some financial institutions market a big range of different overdraft options, but aggressively encourage the most expensive option where a high flat fee is collected for each individual overdraft transaction. So I find the most direct application of a discussion like this as in the context of the pandemic, where a lot of people had to use the overdraft option to stay financially afloat. The meeting also outlined how the program disproportionately impacted African-Americans and Latinos uh, who are more likely to pay multiple overdraft uh, uh, coverage fees annually, which due to the past pandemic became, became incredibly evident. Then on Wednesday, November third, many technological and industrial committees met, like the House Small Business Committee, which talked about entrepreneurship in our new, fa- in our new developing a new uh, economy. The House Select Committee on Economic Disparity and Fairness and Growth uh, had to hear about the new changes in the economy due to the effect of technological innovations and automation, and the future work um, in the United States, future of work in the United States. And both the House Homeland Security and Financial Services Committee met and analyzed how the role of cybersecurity in the country is changing how consumer data is used and the different types of protection tools needed to protect institutions against cyber threats. On Thursday, the most important hearing to Texans was held by the House Judiciary Committee. And this is about, you may have guessed it, the one thing that we all agree about, the Texas abortion ban and the impact it has on the communities and families in Texas. So, witnesses at this meeting included Dr. Gazela Moyaeti, a board member on the Physicians for Reproductive Health at the Texas Equal Access Fund, Uh, Catherine Glenn Foster, who is the president and CEO of Americans United for Life organization, Kiara M. Bridges, who is a law professor at the University of California Berkeley School of Law, and Stephanie Lorraine Pinheiro, the co-executive director of the Florida Access Network. More about this hearing, along with how the House Financial Services hearing, uh, with the House uh, Financial Services hearing, which is taking place today, Friday, November fourth, in regard, Friday, November fifth, in regards to eliminating barriers to full economic inclusion for LGBTQ plus community, will be talked about in our next episode. Back to you, Madam Speaker. Thank you uh, to the House, uh, the, Rep- the House of Representatives. Now the Chair recognizes the Senate, which is also. Uh, the chair. Madam Speaker, the Senate had a major vote on Wednesday over voting. Crazy, right? Senate Republicans blocked the Freedom to Vote Act, which would make it easy to register to vote, make Election Day a public holiday, ensure states have early voting for federal elections, and allow all voters to request mail-in ballots. This is not the first time Senate Republicans have blocked a Democrat-led voting bill, blocking a similar bill back in August. Senator Mitch McConnell said that the bill still subjects popular co- common senses common sense election integrity provisions like voter id and the whims of federal bureaucrats. Both Senator Cruz and Cornyn of Texas voted against the bill as expected, and in most other Senate committees more nomination hearings were held. However, the committee on the judiciary did meet over protections over protecting the Native American and Alaska uh, Native vote. A meeting scheduled f- of, uh, for over a week. The Committee on Finance once again started meetings over discussions for the future of Social Security, Medicaid, and health insurance in a post-pandemic country. Even though we're technically still in the pandemic. But that is all. Back to you, Madam Speaker. Thank you to the Senate. Well, that's everything for today, folks. Join us next Friday right here on The Toss-Up as we continue to try to figure out what the heck is going on in Congress, Texas, and really everywhere. Until next time, the toss-up stands adjourned until November 12th. Our clerks of research for this episode were Ananya Shreether, Donovan Douglas, Precia Singh, and Jackson Keith. This episode was edited by Jackson Keith, and I was your speaker today, Precia Singh.